Blog Talk Radio. Jerusalem, Georgia. Hi, Bella. Good morning, Mr. Nelson. How are you in big Texas today? Oh, Texas is big as usual. We are having cool temperatures here, and uh, things are just getting interesting. Uh, you know, the past like a year or two, we haven't had what you might call a proper winter. So it's like we are, you know, <laughs> we we are assuming that it's going to be got a little get a little colder this time around. No. Mm-hmm. Weather's good. Weather's good here. 
Okay, that's good. No, it should be good. You guys delivered uh, to Biden, so we're gonna talk about that uh, momentarily. <laughs> uh, hi, Noah. Good morning, Mr. Nathan. Morning, everyone. Now, how are you doing? Ah, uh, just waking up. It's uh, slightly cold in Indiana. I think we're somewhere in the 40s. So uh oh, the sun all right. Almost. The That's interesting. Coming out, but, but it's very cold uh -huh. so far. Yeah, yeah. We are having a roundtable discussion today. I'm waiting for our first guest to call in. Uh, we want to talk about the life and memory of Jerry Rawlings. Dr. Pat, Dr. Patrick, you guys failed to deliver for Biden this year. What happened? Is Dr. Pat on? Yes, Dr. Michael Leaning. Michael Leaning. Hey, I'm crying. Dr. Patrick. Uli Shani. Dr. Patrick was speaking our language. Uli Shani. Dr. Patrick. Ah. Mm. Matilda. Uh, Andrew hasn't yeah. called in before Dr. Patrick starts talking. No, you didn't tell me that. I'm sorry. I've sent a message on your WhatsApp. You didn't see it. It's okay. Uh, okay. Um, it's all right. Okay. Good, good, good. Dr. Patrick, uh, what happened? You failed to deliver the Carolinas before we start talking to our brother Andrew here. I tried. I apologize. I tried so hard. <laughs> but um, next 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 four years, I'll deliver it for you. Next four years, okay, that's fine. We 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 understand you. Uh, Roger, you are too quiet. Good morning, my friend. No, oh, well, I was talking. I was uh, saying, Miss Lucas, having hurricanes there is like me having snow here. It seems. Yes, I was thinking on the same lines. I was thinking on the same lines. <laughs> Today we are having a roundtable discussion. Uh, there are three things I want us to discuss. Okay, we're going to to remember Ghana's uh, former Ghana president Jerry Rawlings. Uh, we shall look at uh, Trump's continues to contest election. Yesterday, during a so-called press conference, he mumbo fumbled about something, and then. <laughs> Yeah, he almost gave up. Almost and then we, yeah, time allowing, we shall look at what's going on with voter registration in in Zambia. Um, Matilda does always does a good job. I managed to find the, uh, somebody from my second home, Ghana. Is it third home? <laughs> Andrew, good morning. Good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing? Doing good. I call Ghana my third home or second home because I've been there and I enjoyed my stay very much. That, oh, really? Yes. <laughs> That's nice. When was that? 93, uh, 94. Oh, yes, somewhere around there, a lot of construction work going on. And, um, you know, in Zambia, we, we don't have an ocean. We don't have a, a big whatever well we have lakes but an ocean and the big and the, and the lake are two different things i was so eager to see a ship so they took me to tema 
Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's <how> you know. <laughs> I know quite a bit of that. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, interesting stuff there. For some reason, I haven't been to the. Uh, uh, the uh, you went to the harbor. Yes, I went to the harbor. Wow. <laughs> You've never been. No, I never went. Well, it's t- it's typical of us Africans, Roger. We grow up in a mining town, and we, ne- you know, it's very fun. I never went underground <laughs> to the in that mine. Eh? <laughs> no, can you imagine that? Yeah, don't worry, Andrew. Okay, Andrew, President Rawlings, um, how did this phrase, man of the people, come about? Um, well, it, it happens like um, any other um, um, country that uh, want, don't want, want don't want, uh, let's say we all don't want a certain president, certain citizen president, mm-hmm. and then, yeah. And then he came about, and then he rescued the people, calling him JJ. And then okay. he gave him the nickname Jesus. Pardon? <laughs> Say that again? Yeah. <laughs> they, gave, they gave him the, the name JJ. It uh-huh. was called Jerry John. Yeah, they yes. made it Junior Jesus in a way because he came to oh. rescue. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, Junior Jesus, yeah. Junior Some Jesus. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Some my. people really did. They, they thought he really rescued them from a tyranny. And then he became some people's tyranny because, you know, some people would think it was good for them. Some people would think it was bad for them. You know? Well, you know, politics, politics are like that. I mean, look at here where we are. You and I, some of us can't believe how anybody can support Trump. You know, we feel like that, but there are people who see it. Who, what led Jerry, what led JJ, President JJ, to to do what he did? The coup, I mean, to take over. It was a military officer, right? Um, did he, well, I didn't hear the last statement. I'm saying he was, what led him to, to, what were the circumstances in the country that led him to to do the coup, the military coup that he did? Cool. Yes. Um, well, they thought the economy was in shambles. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he thought the same thing too, yes. And, well, I think around that place, people were leaving the country because things were bad. Oh, wow. I think most of them were there. Yeah, most of them were living to Nigeria. They had teachers leaving. Um, economy was well, bad. That was important stuff from Britain and all that. I don't know if you've seen the video. He went to the north of Ghana trying to tell people how to plant and all that. Yes, yes. I remember though. I've seen those videos and I remember the, uh, those years. They, were, they, lo- they liked showing him he's in the fields with people and stuff like that. Yeah, he wanted them to be self-sufficient and all that. And I think he was, he was, um, he was very much in conversation with um, this guy, um, the Burkina Faso president, who was uh, what's his name, um, one who got killed by his um, his um, bodyguard, um, Thomas Sankara. They wanted, yeah, 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 you know, uh-huh. yes, they wanted to be self-sufficient, you know and do everything together as Africans, you know. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Sankara got 
got kicked out by the French people. So uh, he was there alone and trying to make things for the country. Yeah, and people mm. liked him. And yeah, people liked him. Mm, and then okay. him being a little bit of a, 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 a half-caste, you know, so they've seen Jesus and now, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, let, let's let's talk about that as well, Andrew. Afghast, uh, I think one of his parents was European, right? Yes, that's Scottish. Oh, who? The mother or the father? The the father was a Scottish. Okay, the father was Scottish and the mother was Ghanaian. The mother was Ghanaian. Yes. Okay, interesting. So that's why he has that name Rawlings. That's where it comes from. Yes, that's where it comes from. So it was a Scottish guy who uh uh there was a saying that the the mom was a uh, um a night walker. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, those who want to laugh at him and all that, that's what they say. Okay. Because yeah. he was the, he was the only son and nobody Oh, he was the only child? They never had no, any other kids? Yeah, nobody else. Okay. Okay. That, yeah. That's really interesting. Nobody else. Mm. Yeah. So that came about. I'm like thinking about it. Yeah, the lady probably might. I don't really care about that. But <laughs> let's just move forward. <laughs> yes. So that's what happened. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do the Ghanaian people remember Rawlings? Uh, how do you remember him? How do I remember him? I... I personally remember I I grew up in the eighties and that whole that whole year like was dark. You know, mm-hmm. it was a dark year, yes. Um when he came on, he came in as a a, a coup a coup guy and then he mm. first did a coup and then when he did the coup actually he did a coup and it didn't um it didn't survive. So he was caught and put into jail. Um, okay. I think they were about to, uh, yeah, waiting for execution. And then um, his people came to retaliate, fought back, and then they Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. He had, yeah, he had good followers. Took him, and then, and then they killed all the people who caught him in, because he was about to die. And then when they took him out, they killed everybody who was who was in power then. So it was a dark year. I grew up very scared that year. I mean, oh, wow. you know, when they say, I mean, you better get somewhere, you know, better hide somewhere. Mm-hmm. He was a To me, that's what I remember. It's like, no, so just everywhere. Was okay. Just, uh, yeah, those are, yeah, those are not good moments in the African history, uh, whichever country. Okay. Can you remember... Um, I don't know, anyone of us can comment on this. What was his relationship with, uh, let me mention a person like, uh, what do you call it, Gaddafi, or the African, the other African states? How, how what influence did he have there? Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, he had a good relationship with Gaddafi. He had a good relationship with all those um, um, military men who came in, um, through, uh, um, through, through coups, I, I can say, like, mm-hmm. um, see the Castro and all those, um, all those, um, 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 
soldiers who came into and they were, I mean they were feeding each other with information and um uh what can I say uh, with uh, food you know trying to make mm-hmm. African self sufficient you know and not not re- um rely on foreign um um foreign um, um supplies of, of food and all that so we started mm. kind of bad and struggled inside but as time went on i think things fell in place and um well the country started growing well yeah i could say so so his message was self-sufficiency before we read andrew go anybody has a question matilda uh bella any question Roger, anybody has a question or comment? Hmm. I have a comment. And um, the, the thing that uh, Andrew just said here about being self-sufficient, mm-hmm. I think a lot of us Africans, uh, when we heard our leaders talk about being self-sufficient back then, I think, this is my opinion, we felt like it was a backward decision. We are trying to get into things that are latest, that are from abroad, from Europe. We want to buy those things and tap into that market rather than being self-sufficient by producing our own, developing our own, and so on. I think the message is now getting to us a bit late, but we've gotten it maybe 20, 30 years later, almost 40 years later. That's when we're saying, you know what, we need to make our own uh, develop or be self-sufficient rather than rely on the Chinese, the Americans, the Europeans, etc. So I think mm-hmm. our leaders had insight, and um, I'm glad uh, President Rollins had was a very hands-on president to even go to the villages and rural areas to show them how to um, oh. uh, grow the fields. Yeah. Mm. Okay. That, yeah, he was known for that. I remember whenever we we were listening or uh, looking at news from Ghana. It was always about him being in the fields with the people um, in the very, very rural areas of, uh, what do you call it, of Ghana. Any comment, Roger, before we, 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 before we move to the big elephant in the house? Well, I'm, I'm just surprised. Uh, <laughs> I, I always, well, at one point I knew he became a normal leader uh, elected by mm-hmm. the people. I, di- I didn't know the the first coup was uh, was failed. Uh, having said that, I think when he came out from jail, from what I'm seeing here, uh, it was still a coup in the second one. It was mm-hmm. although he was uh, he toppled. I, I don't know. Maybe our friend can correct me here. He toppled. There was a military uh, uh, government which he toppled. And after that, that's when he went civil. Uh, is, is that correct? Uh, I don't know our friend Felix can say about that. Yes, I think it was correct. I think he, he uh, the first coup didn't work out, right? And then the mm-hmm. second coup worked out, right? Right. That's, that's right. what he said. Yes, 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 yes. And then I think yeah. when he came in, he tried to give power to the... To, uh, he tried to give power to uh, uh, Lehman, the civilian, uh, which was uh, yeah, yeah. He, he wanted to give, mm-hmm. he didn't want it to be so military, and then he gave power to um, a, a, a civilian, and then he found out like the guy wasn't ruling the way he wanted to. So he came back and 
took it. This one wasn't cool. He's like, oh, I gave it to you. Girl. No, that one wasn't a cool. That one now came like yeah. a normal, normal election. From from uh, their okay. own Ghana, I think uh, has had uh, uh, a positive uh, trajectory as far as the um, small D elections is concerned. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah, okay, he, Andrew. He was asked, was mm-hmm. that, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. He wasn't afraid of dying and all that. He was like, no, uh, he wasn't afraid of dying. He's not afraid of death and all that. And I was like, oh, right now he's probably met his death. So, hey, maybe (laughs) death was trying to talk more. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, he was an amazing. He was an amazing gentleman. Yeah. Well, uh, our condolences to our brothers and sisters in Ghana. And uh, you know, I'm actually also uh, yes, Dr. Patrick. I'm actually also impressed with the way Dr. Nana has handled this uh, the issue of Jerry passing away. Go ahead, Dr. Pat. Yeah, Nathan. Um, uh, brother Jerry Rollins. His last name was John, and when he went into the military, when he joined, uh, enlisted in the military. They dropped mm-hmm. the last name John, and they kept his middle name Rawlings. So that's um, that's Jerry Rawlings. It was Jerry Rawlings John, but then it became okay. Jerry Rawlings. Secondly, is the the coup. His first coup was uh-huh. pretty devastating because when he was arrested, he was sentenced to death. And he was liberated by some of the soldiers in the military. So they were going to execute him. Uh, but mm. fortunately, the military um, uh, uh, freed him. Uh, another, another thing is the, the um, to our brothers and sisters that are, that are in love with uh, soccer, which we call internationally called football is is he had the he had the um the Ghana. the state visits he conducted state visits from revolutionaries or they called them revolutionaries at that time from other countries uh um and uh, included in Daniel Ortega and mm-hmm. Sam and Juma Daniel Ortega is from Nicaragua to remind everyone in Sandy and Juma is from Namibia. And in 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 reference you mentioned Gaddafi. Well Rawlings reversed um President Lehman's boycott of Gaddafi's Libya and this allowed the Black Stars, that's the football team of the national football team of Ghana. Yes. Uh, and it allowed the Black Stars to compete in the I believe it was the 1982 African Cup of Nations. And if this team, if this team went on to win at least four times, um, last win being uh, this year, as a matter of fact, 2020. And then about the beneficence of uh, Jerry Rollins, is he, he received the honorary degree. It's a doctorate of letters from the University of, of Studies in Northern Ghana. And what he did was with that money, he went mm-hmm. ahead and established a university and used, um, I think it was the early 1900s, 
1993, early 1990s, rather, 1993. He used um, $50,000 of his um, hunger project money, and he used it as a seed money to to establish the state-owned university in Ghana, which was eventually founded in um, 1992. So uh, Brother Rollins was... Um, was a was a a good man. It was a good man. Mm. I just wanted to share that. Yeah, thank you, Doctor Pat. Okay, Andrew, uh, our condolences yeah. to you and uh, the people of Ghana. We love you guys. We are one nation, one one family. Uh, somebody somewhere along the line came and put those borders that are there, but we were just one people. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you very much. All right. So, uh, when is the there's a national day of there's a a, 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 a a state funeral for him, right? Yes, I think so. I haven't heard anything about that. I can't give anything about that. But okay. Do you do you know if the Africans in in Orlando are doing something, or the Ghanaian community are doing something um, to memorialize him? Uh, that is a good question. I should, uh, we probably could do something. I will see if we could do something at the Bushman's um, place. Okay. Okay. That would be you. good. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That would be good. All right. Thank, thank you. you, Andrew. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank right. you, Andrew. Bye. All right. Uh, we, we, have, we have a place called Bushman's place. We have a man called Bushman. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm you know how African we are. So there's a place called Bushman. His his name is Bushman, and we go to his place for African events. <laughs> oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, this is ZBT Roundtable. Our next item is, uh, we shall see if we have time, if we can look at the Zambia voter registration process. Uh, I'm glad Bella is here and Dr. Patrick, because I want you to give us some light on this. Um, in his, is it victory speech or whatever we want to call it, the president, Biden, me, I'm not going to call him president-elect, he's president. I don't know why we put that elect thing on. President Biden, categorically, Roger. We only have one president at a time. Ah, whatever. It's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That is the same thing that is making somebody not try to accept the results yeah, and everything. True. Let's just leave it as it is. Dr. Patrick Bella, this this now I'm going to be dealing with you. You live in Atlanta. Dr. Patrick, I know you were very highly involved in the Biden campaign. He categorically, which is a very unique and rare thing for a, a winning candidate to mention a specific demographic of the community or nation for helping him win the election. He categorically, Dr. Patrick mentioned that the African-American community delivered this election for him. Before you respond to that statement, and then, Bell, I'm going to get to you to tell us about what Stacey Abrams is doing there. This is during the campaign time, Dr. Patrick, this is a statement I made to my family here in the house. Roger, when George Floyd was killed, do you know what I said to my family? Mm. George Floyd's death 
has just delivered the presidency to Biden. That's what I said. That's true. Dr. Patrick? That's huge. Mm -hmm. Dr. Patrick, President Biden categorically recognized and appreciated the African-American vote in this election. I want you to say something about that. Yes, yes. He, he made a statement that has not been made by any prior president prior no. to him. And this includes mm -hmm. uh, President Barack Obama, which is, he made the loud, loud statement saying that you stood up for me, speaking of the black community, you stood mm -hmm. up for me and I will stand up for you. That was powerful. Very powerful. Mm. Now, it's, it's our responsibility, the people who he was addressing, mm -hmm. the black community, it's our responsibility to do what I mentioned um, several programs past. It's when uh, Martin Luther King was standing in front of uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson and Martin Luther King said all the things that needed to be addressed by the president and the president, President Johnson said, everything that you said is true. Now make me do it. So what we have to do now is do what President Johnson said. We have mm. to, if, uh, president elect Biden, or as you say, the president, which is true. He said, now I am going to not forget you, black community, and the black community should not forget Biden by making him do what he promised to us. And it's saying that's what's very important. Uh, as, secondly, it's not only the, the black community. Mm -hmm. It is not the black community in respect to domestic black community, but the diaspora black community. Because yeah. spiritually, even though the brothers and sisters in the diaspora, international diaspora, couldn't vote for him spiritually, they all prayed for him. And, and therefore, that was another reason why Joe Biden won. Yeah, He won by the vote and he won by the spirit. Powerful, Dr. Pat. You, you know, something I wasn't aware of until this happened, Baylor, is I had no clue what Stacey Abrams was doing on the ground. So, Baylor, what's the name of... Give us a background to this. What has been going on there? Because her name keeps coming up. Uh, what's the name of our organization and what were they up to? Uh, yeah, so after Stacey Abrams uh, lost... Uh gubernatorial elections uh, to Governor Kemp. Uh, she formed a nonprofit called uh, Fair Fight Action. Uh, Fair Fight? Yes, Fair Fight uh, Action. That's the name of the organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so basically the goal of the organization is to encourage uh, voters to participate in, in elections, uh, you know, educating the general public about their, their rights in terms mm -hmm. of voting, but also about elections in general. So she has been very vocal about voter suppression because Georgia has some very strict uh, voting laws. 
So, for example, when she was running for elections, the, the Secretary of State essentially purged some voters uh, from the system because of the exact match requirement. So she's been a very big advocate of uh, ensuring that people's rights to vote uh, are respected, encouraging people to go out and vote. Uh, for example, when the University of Georgia didn't allow early voting on campus, she spoke mm-hmm. out very quickly against that, that in thus tantamount to voter suppression, not giving people the opportunity to go out uh, and vote uh, when they have that opportunity. And then, of course, for this election, she... I mean, she was advertising. She was raising money for the two senator, I mean, two mm. candidates for the Senate. She was out there pushing, encouraging people to come out, especially in the metro uh, Atlanta area, like Fulton County, Gwinnett County. She really pushed hard for people to come out uh, and vote. And uh, I believe, I think you remember when Nathan some time back you had uh, asked about potential vice president candidates. And I yeah. said Stacey Abrams would make a great candidate, and you ask why, what about her? You know, she has that magnet, especially here in Georgia, from what we have seen, uh, with pulling young people to her cause. She's very effective at connecting with uh, young people and getting them galvanized uh, to come out and vote. So that's who she is, basically. She's, she's a powerhouse, and I'm seeing signs, like in Atlanta, for example, people are calling her a goddess. People are saying, let's send a thank you note to her. So she's mm-hmm. really riding a big wave uh, here in the metro. That's good. So basically, uh, and also you can hear uh, all the network news commentaries and whatever is going on. They recognize uh, what our organization is done and is doing. And uh, I can see that everybody's being called to go and camp in Atlanta. I, almost, I was almost doing it myself. And say we all need to go to Atlanta and just come there and make sure those two Senate seats are delivered. What are some of the you've mentioned briefly, uh, um, uh, Bela? Can you highlight a little bit more? I don't know what you're able to say about some of the things that go on in Atlanta, in Georgia, which make it, which you know, you said they removed how many? Uh, the Secretary of State uh, did what during the, the election the, when she was running for governor? There's something that they did that you, allied, you alluded to. Yeah, so basically, like they, I think we had about 6.5 million uh, registered voters, voters in the state uh, in 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically what the Secretary of State did is... Uh, they set their machines or their computers to go through all those 6.5 or whatever number it was of registered voters and essentially look for those that don't belong there, looking for quote-unquote uh, exact matches between the name and what the person's uh, name appears in the system and remove anyone whose name didn't match. So that created hmm. essentially about close to half a million votes that were going to be purged. Um, wow. system. So those people were not going to have the opportunity to vote unless I can go in and verify that I am who I am. And uh, just owing to the fact that people have to work, there's transportation challenges, especially for a city like Atlanta. The transportation mm-hmm. system isn't very good. So that was seen more as an example of voter suppression or not giving okay. people the opportunity to go and exercise uh, their right to vote. So that was like one of those big things that uh, she was very adamant uh, against uh, the Secretary of State doing. And the fact that Governor Kemp at the time refused to resign 
as a Secretary of State while running for oh, yeah. an election that was of a thing that also didn't sit conflict, well. Conflict of interest, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So those are some of the things that she, she alluded yeah, to us. Let me ask Bera this question. Uh, how big is uh, Atlanta? And uh, I refer to big as in... Uh, uh, are they going to maintain this blue, they've turned uh, Georgia blue, population-wise, is the suburbs of Atlanta, the town center itself, uh, big enough to sustain uh, what's the, the, this flip? Uh, what do you think? Yes, I mean, Atlanta is a very, it's a very large city in the southeast, and uh, you have to also consider the fact that Atlanta is experiencing a lot of uh, migration into the city. Uh, for mm. people from New York, for example, they're moving into Atlanta because the cost of living in Atlanta is much lower than it is, let's say, in New York. So we are seeing a demographic uh, shift. But you also have to consider that, you know, Georgia receives a lot of uh, immigrants and also refugees uh, that come into the state. Uh, specifically, there's a small town called Clarkston, not too far from uh, downtown Atlanta. It's a very diverse community with, I would say, yeah, pretty much representation from almost every country in the world. People settle there. So when you look at the metro itself, Atlanta, meaning Fulton County, Gwinnett County, DeKalb County, uh, parts of Cobb County, these are very densely populated areas. And they've mm-hmm. historically voted uh, for the Democrats. But you also have to remember that people, because the cost of living in Atlanta is also going up, we have people moving out of the city and going into the surrounding suburbs and going into more rural areas. Uh, mm. A good example, if you're going towards Athens, Georgia, that area is changing. It's going from rural to more urban in the sense that people are moving into those communities. And they're referred to as a, what do you call them? It's like a, a bedtime, bedtime community in the sense that people live there, but they don't work there. Yeah, like okay. Yeah. Mm. So there's that shift in demographics. Uh, that's taking place, and that's why you notice Barack Obama, uh, Stacey Abrams, and Kamala Harris, they went to Gwinnett County to campaign. Okay. Because they, they mm-hmm. saw Gwinnett County as one of those places where it was central for them to win in order for the state to flip to the Democratic side. So, yes, there's mm-hmm. definitely going to be sustained. I mean, Senator, I mean, Representative John Lewis, he was like from the metro area, so he's always retained uh, that seat. That seat has always gone to a Democratic uh, candidate. So there's really no worry about uh, Metro Atlanta shifting in terms of uh, how they vote, but the rural areas mm. are definitely changing. Yeah. You just, uh, Roger, he, uh, ju- he, he just described the Dallas there. What you just described, Bella, is exactly what's happening here. Because I can tell you, yeah. in, in the Dallas in metropolitan area, Trump was beaten clean. And uh, <laughs> that's why you saw them coming around here to campaign and everything else. And we had about, according to the last report, I said, uh, you guys have people from the East Coast moving down there. Uh, we have people from the West Coast, California, mainly coming down here. So I think the last report I saw was something like uh, half a million people moved into the Dallas Metroplex area, something like that. So you can imagine how the the demographics are changing. Uh, Roger, I have this question for Dr. Patterson. 
we go ahead. Back, we call that we call that um, black reverse mig- migration. Uh, black in, reverse in the, migration. Yeah, in the 1930s, 1930s, 1940s, uh, the brothers and sisters that lived in the South on the northern side, um, North Carolina, South Carolina, that area, they migrated mm-hmm. up to to the New York area, to New York and on to Massachusetts. But in the New York area, the, the brothers okay. and sisters that lived in the Mississippi area they migrated up to Chicago and that area. So now they're moving down from that area back down to the original home sites in the, in the, in the South. So we call that black reverse migration. Uh, let me, let me toot a little horn for uh, sister Stacey Abrams. Mm-hmm. Do you know that her family, her parents, uh, and of course um, Stacey uh, Abrams and her siblings, they were born at, well, the siblings, Stacey Abrams and her siblings, were born in Wisconsin. But then again, oh. they were raised in Mississippi. And oh, from wow. there, the family moved to, and from there, the family moved to Atlanta, Georgia. Now, now listen to this. Stacey Abrams' parents, they received graduate degrees from Emory University, and they later became Methodist ministers. Okay. Stacey Abrams, Stacey Abrams herself was a, um, from high school, she was a valedictorian. So uh, she, she's, and of course she went on to become an attorney and did a lot of great things, moving her to the point of, um, uh, she, she received the uh, Harry Truman Scholarship. Uh, as a scholar and mm-hmm. uh, at the University of Texas, I I can go on and on about what she's done. Uh, okay, but mm-hmm. the major thing that she's done to date is she did in Georgia what Brother Clyburn did in in the Carolina in South Carolina. Okay, but she did a little bit more, and the history books will tell you that. This woman mobilized the vote and delivered the state to uh, to Joseph Biden, Biden and Kamala Harris. A state, yeah, please. To deliver that there's, state. No, there's no Whereas, such thing as president-elect, um, Doctor Patrick. Exactly. Before I let <laughs> before I let Alan and uh, uh, somebody else here says something. This, this question has been burning in my heart, Roger. All right. Uh, Donald Trump has, is being, uh, what you, what's the word? Already, people are already pushing him to say, let this one go, then come back in 2024. Can you tell us historically, do we have a record of a president who saved one term and came back and tried to run again? Yes, his name is uh, President Grover Cleveland. And interestingly enough, Grover Cleveland, interestingly enough, um, Donald Trump became a president from New York. Grover Cleveland Uh is also president from New York, upper New York, upper Uh western New York. But yes, it it happened, and the 
person was Grover Cleveland. He was what? His name is Grover Cleveland. Yeah. Did he win? Yes, he did. Okay. I just wanted he to won, know if he, he won. He won the um the, his first election for for president of the United States. I think he did it in uh what was it about? Hmm. It was about eighteen eighteen oh eighteen eighty three thereabout. Mm-hmm. And what he did was he was um the president that he had a a a wife uh young wife, a young lady. And is every is everybody familiar with the candy bar, the baby roof? Well, the Baby Ruth Candy Bar was named after his wife, his young wife, oh, okay. Baby Ruth Candy Bar. But ah. yeah, Grover Cleveland, Grover Cleveland was the um, the president twice. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, I just but wanted what, to learn that. What I can add on to that, Nathan, is um, mm-hmm. what most people are saying. Um, Trump doesn't have the discipline. Uh, uh, according to most people, uh, to sustain uh, this uh, movement he has created. Remember, his movement right now has no message. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure actually what people are following about Trump. Uh, his radioactiveness, in my view, uh, this is Roger Charlie, uh view, is radioactiveness. If Trump just, the day you mention uh, that is standing in 2020, whatever. You are going to see one million Stacey Abrams rise up and radiate like you've never seen in America. You never, I'm not sure Trump, what he's leaving behind can be forgotten easily and be allowed to, to come. Unless, what I'm thinking right now, my thinking is that Unless probably Joe Biden, because of his age, uh, doesn't make it, things don't go well, Kamala Harris takes over, the economy tanks, things don't go well, so they, they, bl- they, they blame the black woman, uh, they, or first they, bl- they blame the woman thing, then the, 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 the race thing, probably Trump might have a chance to come, to come up. But if these people can just uh, do things in a ni- nice way, the radioactiveness Trump is leaving behind, I'm not, not, not very sure a lot of people want him in their television sets in another 10 years. <laughs> okay, let's hear from Mr. Warren. Good morning, sir. <laughs> hey, good morning. I tuned in uh, a little late, but what I was fascinated with your conversation on the demographic changes in the United States. But before I get there, I do want to say there's an article uh, from the New Yorker magazine in the Mm -hmm. uh, staff writer, Jane Mayer. And her article she did was why Trump can't afford to lose. And if you also go on democracy now, which is a daily news program, uh, they had her on there and she talked about the legal challenges, challenges facing Trump once he gets yes. back out on the street. And there's a case uh, that the uh, Manhattan district attorney 
is pursuing uh, connected to Michael Cohen, which was Trump's lawyer, where Trump was was named, but the name hasn't come out in that case. And then there's, I think, the state uh, attorney general as relates to Trump's uh, business, fraudulent business dealings and tax evasion and so on and so forth. So I suspect that once Trump is back out on the street, he'll be embroiled in a lot of legal uh, complications that may uh, uh, complicate his efforts to try to come back uh, to uh, run to, again. To some sort of uh, fame again, you know. So that let, let's hope that develops that way. Brother Warren, don't laugh. Uh, don't laugh because that's my prayer as well. Um, <laughs> if, if if we see things are not going so well. Let's push yeah. the sister, the New York um, Attorney General, to make sure he yeah. locks him. Trump doesn't come back. We'll play him the African thing. We can play African, African thing Af- here. African yeah, angel. Yeah, I think that that's, that's, they're going to definitely try to get him. Another thing I'm thinking is that because he's acting so terribly, the system, when I say the system, the elite whites are going to have to punish exactly. him for exactly. what he's doing. And make an example yeah. out of him, and that's what I'm kind of mm. thinking. They need to make an example out of him to show him that you're not above our system that we created as white men. <laughs> you that's know, right. and so to punish him. Yeah. And the last point I want to talk about is the demographic changes in America. You know, the caller was speaking about uh, blacks going different areas of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, the early 1900s, uh, before World War One, after World War One, many blacks began to leave the southern states. The southern states were very repressive, and a lot of blacks, if they were in the rural areas, did plantation work. And they began to go to northern cities where they was more industrialized, and that's where you get blacks going to Chicago was one of the places that was considered like like glory land of blacks, blacks from the mm. Carolinas in Virginia were going to New York, Philadelphia, uh, in Louisiana, where I'm from, in Texas, many of the blacks went to the West Coast. They went to California. When I was coming up as a kid, our summer vacations was in the Oakland, San Francisco area in Los Angeles because everybody there seemed to be from Louisiana. What's oh, been okay. happening about 25 years ago, what's been happening about 25 years ago, since a lot of these urban areas in the north, that's where the ghetto concept comes from, where blacks were living in these restricted areas and these urban centers, and the banking industry, insurance industry kind of restricted blacks to live in, in certain areas. You know, you started having, a, you know, violent crime and gangs and so on and so forth. But the last 25 years, a lot of blacks have been leaving these places not only because of the high cost of living, but because their children were caught up in a lot of uh, things they didn't want them caught mm. up into. Like, for example, Mississippi. Many Mississippi people went to Chicago. You go to Chicago, it seems as if almost every black person has Mississippi roots. Well, you know, many <laughs> these people have been sending their grandchildren back to Mississippi to get them out of trouble with the gangs. So that's why... Oh. In parts of Mississippi now, you actually have gangs. You actually have gangs now in parts of Mississippi okay. because of the cultural connection that was still going on, going back and forth. Okay. You know, so that's interesting. So, yeah. That's very interesting. 
Yeah. Okay, let's get a comment from Alan before we wind up our show here. Alan, go ahead, and I think uh, time. Uh, we, we, we won't have time to get into Zambia's voter registration. We can talk about that next week. Go ahead, Alan. Um, well, really quickly, if it, one thing that you shouldn't forget, and why we need, uh, like uh, Roger said, a thousand or a million people to get up and stay awake, is that 70 million people did vote for Trump. And these guys are also planning on how do they double up, how do they get them from the 70 million to whatever. So, um, like I always say, you don't have to, if you focus just on the the educated, the woke, and the, the people who are this and that, you, 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 you know, you could end up in trouble. So we, as a Democrat, uh, after this election, for the next one, should also be thinking on how do we eat into that evangelical group that uh, Trump seems to control and just get to them in their faces and, and really spell things out. You know, because what Stacey Adams did was not, you know, if she had started six months before the elections, she would have had this result, but she's been methodically, from the moment she lost, she went to work, you know, and for the next elections, Biden should do the same thing. Uh, as much as he has said, he's not going to forget the, uh, the black people, the African-Americans. He should get to work on programs that really speak to them, that really help them, so that in four years' time, it's not just talk. He can actually mm-hmm. point and say this. Because these trumpets are going to, in four years' time, they're going to be back. If he's standing, they're going to be saying, when this happened, it was like this with Trump. So we have to get to work immediately to solidify. That's and, true. You know, they, you know, and in the South, like, for instance, Hillsborough County, if I can remember where I live, it delivered for Biden, but it hasn't been so. This has been a strong, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's also a strong uh, Republican area. But it delivered this time much to a lot of people's surprises because Hillsborough County also has huge evangelical churches in here and a huge evangelical uh, influence. So that was a big surprise, you know, mm. because again the groundwork is what we need to see. That's what's going to continue delivering. You know? Yeah. Okay. But, uh, time is running out. And uh, yeah, time is running out. Uh, very quickly, uh, Dr. Kasonso, you had a comment on this. Oh, Alan, by the way, I always tell people the evangelicals have only got one issue with the uh, one campaign issue: abortion. That's all they think about. Yeah. So. Let's just leave them alone with the abortion thing. Dr. Casonzo. Yeah, good morning. Yeah. Good morning. Uh, what, good morning. What, we need, what, what we need to be mindful of is that the American political system is like a pedal. Uh, when one side goes down, the other goes up. And when one pedal goes up, uh, it, it, the next step is it's going to come down. So uh, in, the, in the process, the bicycle is moving forward. Yeah, so what, what this administration needs to do is to focus on the policy prescriptions that they stood on. And paying too much attention to prosecuting Donald Trump and stuff like that, that should not even be a federal government issue to just crowd up the environment and the whole governance to become just noisy. So I think that we should focus on implementing those policies that they promised us and also consolidating on the gains. And uh, um, like Nancy Pelosi uh, had mentioned, um, it's going to take a lot of uh, energy and time to, 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 to remove the drop of this giant uh, elephant. Mm-hmm. So let them just... Yeah, that, 
Yeah, that's very true. And you see, the beauty, if I may use that expression about this system here is, you do not have a sitting president. Of course, we know only Donna did that. We do not have a sitting president who who begins to push the Department of Justice or prosecutors. I mean, the prosecutors here in the States or whatever are independent. I mean, there we have a New York prosecutor who's been pursuing Donald Trump's tax issues and all those things by themselves. I agree on the point that they shouldn't consume themselves with prosecuting this guy, but uh, like he said himself, um, it is what it is. Okay, so... Those were our items of discussion today. Um, we didn't get to the voter registration process in Zambia, which is, I'm trying to get, uh, what do you call it, the Electoral Commission of Zambia to come here and explain why they completely just got rid of the old voter registration and start all over again. And uh, I, I don't know, some of these things you wonder why people do things like that, just refusing to use their brain, uh, Roger, just refusing to think yeah. that that's just the way i look at it it's not complicated it's as simple as it sounds and um nathan, so that, that, mm, go ahead dr pat nathan if, if we don't have any um time in this program i'd like to pick this up um on roger's program and it's a it's a reverse uh position of what brother wallace just spoke of when he was saying mm -hmm. that he's a, um uh, the ghettos and as a result of uh, migration uh, resulted in ghettos. I would like to talk just a little bit about that, which is, uh, well, if I can now, which is, um, no, we always we, talk. We, we, don't, mm -hmm. we don't have time, Dr. Pat. Let's uh, pick it up in the next uh, segment. Um, okay. Before Roger well, yeah, because the, that's Roger's theme. He's talking about what happened to this land of hope. I like that. I keep telling you, I, I don't know where he gets these titles from. You know, our charismatic, <laughs> Pentecost, charismatic Pentecostal friends would say it's a revelation from the Lord. So I know Roger keeps getting these revelation titles from. <laughs> from uh, It's true. It's very serious. What has happened to this land of hope? It's, it's a captivating um, discussion. Next week, we're trying to get uh, somebody who's dealing with the acquiring property investment land issues in Zambia for the diaspora. Let's see how credible that is. Everybody, let's go back in. Thank you for your input. Uh, Andrew from Ghana, uh, Dr. Patrick Bela, and everybody, please, let, let's deliver Atlanta, those two Senate seats. Let's deliver them. Let's deliver them. Let's deliver them. Because these guys will make uh, Biden's job difficult as they did for Obama. Okay, let's oh, continue yeah. the next segment. Let's continue the next segment. Bye-bye. 